Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trek to the Holodeck. I'm Dylan. I'm Jan. I'm Darius. And on Trek to the Holodeck, <laughs> we are doing the hard work of finding, watching, and definitively ranking all Holodeck episodes in the canon of Star Trek. And if you're wondering what the holodeck is, uh, it is the most despised part of Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we decided to make a podcast about it. Uh, It's basically video games or or books or movies for the future. It's like VR and stuff. You just get to play that kind of reality. Yeah. And uh, you might be asking yourself, how do we judge the most despised thing in the the Trek canon? Uh, We use... A very uh, precise system called the Drask system, um, and that stands for dialogue, romance, action, suspense, and stakes. Camp, you missed camp it again. Is, camp. God, camp. son of a bitch. I- <laughs> you did the Drask system once more. Two weeks in a row. I, <laughs> I wasn't- Dr. Okay. Ass. Dr. Ass. <laughs> I was pretty, I wasn't like as confident as I was last time. Um, Anyway, uh, the the Drask's system. Dr. Ass. (laughs) Feels like an Arrested Um, Development joke. (laughs) Dr. Ass. Uh, But it's a very foolproof way of of judging uh, these episodes, and it has never led us astray. Ever. Ever. Never. Yeah, never. Never has a snoozer undeservedly gotten in the top 10 or even top five and Never. ruined Darius, uh, Dylan's life. <laughs> you mother. Uh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so this week we're judging a Deep Space Nine episode called Bada Bing Bada Bang from season seven, episode 15. So if you want to yeah. watch that before we go in, we stop listening now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and make sure that like, you've gone and you've like collected your team of people that you want around you uh and like done it at one at a time because we're about to uh we're about to get ready uh for a bank heist on our trek to the holiday believe these simulations to be this real much of it is real sir i disengage the safety protocols Without them, even a holographic bullet can kill. It's all a holographic simulation. Please enter program. I was thinking of something a little more intimate. Program complete. You may enter. There. <laughs> kind of want to find a body line track that is jazzy. more jazzy and more like <laughs> mid-century. For this one. And this one. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that reminds me. I did not. Uh, I didn't. Hold up. I got to figure out who the composer was. I think it's Chataway. But you must because ooh, it's great. Ooh, baby. Ooh, this uh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> this one is real. While you're doing that, um, it is. It is Jay Chataway because that that had Jay Chataway's fingerprints all over it. Okay. Sorry. All right. We'll we'll introduce him in a sec <laughs> before we. Yeah. Sorry. Get into Inappropriate. It. Inappropriate. Yeah, well, uh, so this is DS9, uh, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada bang, not beta, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada bang. How, do you, how does, how, this is not how I spell bada bing, bada bang. Uh, I spelled it B-A-D-A. But also, I didn't realize there was two D's that, yeah, in it. Me too. How, how does one become, uh, how does one decide 
The reason I went I with know. Bada with with bada. B-A-D-A is because it matches the same number of letters as Bing. So it makes it feel, I feel like it makes it look nice, right? Bada bing, bada I bang. Agree. I also I always thought it was bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. That feels better, but yeah. I, bada bing, bada bang is fine too, I guess. Anyways. So um, those are some notes for Ira Stephen Bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is uh, late late Voyager. Uh, so late Voyager. DS9, DS9. Sorry, late, late DS9. DS9. So late DS9 uh, that as we'll get into they kind of just uh, get rid of the whole idea of this being a sci-fi show and we just do a heist. <laughs> like, that's literally what's going on here. I fuck with it so much. <laughs> I fucking love it. I just... I do, mean, too. Meanwhile, like, everybody in the Star Trek subreddit is like, I hate this episode because there's not planes, <laughs> space planes, fighting other space planes. Also, I want Romulans. It's also so late Voyager that uh, we... It's so late these Space Nine Sorry. that you think it's Fuck, Voyager. Damn. We did two yeah, Voyager. You think it's Voyager. So, guys, we did two Voyager episodes in a row. So like my brain's yeah. still on Voyager. Vo- Deep yeah. Space Nine. It's so late Deep Space DS9 Nine that uh I don't know. Why do you think Worf wasn't in this episode that much? Uh because he fucking hates holograms. He hates <laughs> no. I mean You know why? It's because when whenever shit went wrong with the holodeck on the Enterprise, like he was involved and he's just like, I just don't do it anymore. I just, I don't fuck with it. I think it was legit a character thing. Yeah. Like yeah. they, like, I mean, maybe it was a scheduling thing or like something, but it feels very much like a character thing. But like, imagine, imagine this. I'm going to pitch this right now. We get the, we get the scene where Cisco comes walking in the door and everyone's like, Cisco's here. Imagine the scene when, Instead, where Cisco and Worf walk through the door, and Worf, even though he just hates Vic Fontaine because Vic Fontaine is a hologram, he's the muscle, right? He's like, nah, I get it, guys. Like, we gotta save Vic. All, all it would have taken is like, Worf, you maybe could kill people. <laughs> just saying. There's this guy named Cheech, and he is a a grand warrior. Yeah, <laughs> you must battle Cheech to the death, and he'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm in. Yep. You've got I my feel attention. Like the real reason is it, well, one, Ira Stephen Bear wrote this along with Hans Beimler. Mm-hmm. But like, this kind of feels to me like an OG Deep Space Nine cast episode, obviously minus Jadzia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it feels kind of like a celebration of the show. Yeah. To me. And feel, obviously, yeah. Worf has been on for a long time at this point. And we don't get but to he's celebrate still not, Worf. No. <laughs> which we celebrate Worf. Every time he's in an episode yeah. here on Trek to the Holiday, because Michael Dorn crushes it. <laughs> Even in the, like the one scene he's in in this episode, he crushes it. He does. Uh, but that's a good but yeah, point. That, Iris Stevens yeah, yeah. Bear and Himes Beimler or Beamler or however you pronounce his name wrote, wrote this episode. Yeah, and and also I feel like they could they barely found a role for Esri. Like she just appeared in one scene. Just like and Esri's here too. She was an integral part of the plan. Well, later she was, about? but she was never like part of the early like the scenes where it was yeah. like, I love Vic. You know, he's great. So she just she, shows up at one point and they're like, Yeah, Esri's here. Isn't so Esri on we'll, the we'll uh, have find a role for wait, her? Is Esri not on the like command center when they're talking about it and and uh Cisco comes walking by? Oh, I love that scene. I don't think so. Okay. No, 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 I don't think so. I love it's such a great scene though. I love it when he comes in and everyone's talking about it, and he's like, "What the? F- get the fuck back to work." You guys How about gonna we work all today fucking? Yeah, something? you gonna fucking Come work on. today? And 
I felt the anxiety in my stomach. Like my a boss that I've had has done that yeah. to us before, and I felt the oh fuck. He, <laughs> Ah, shit. <laughs> he saw us talking about something that wasn't work. That was uncomfortable. And somebody could have been like, I mean, we're, oh, sorry, we're not talking about baseball. Jesus yeah. Christ. If Vic Fontaine was a famous baseball player, you'd fucking care about this. You'd fucking lose your goddamn mind about it, Captain Cisco. Um, this uh, episode was uh, directed by Mike Vehar. Um, 31 episodes. 30. He directed 31 wow. episodes. Man. Wow. A cool thing that I, I found out about him, we've done episodes by him before, is that he's one of Ronald Moore's favorite directors that he's he works with. So it's cool That's that nice. they, yeah, they, they chose him for this episode and I think he crushed it. Yeah. Really great. It's a yeah. great, great, great little quote you found, Jan, there. Uh, per Memory Alpha, uh, while working on Babylon 5, he acquired the nickname Vey Harder and Vey Harder for his willingness to put in long hours of shooting, which everyone else involved with the show, having to stay on set along with him. That is but it, I think it paid off in this episode. <laughs> he just, did like 40 takes with Esri, just like putting the, the drink down. He's <laughs> the yeah. fucking David Fincher of Star Trek. While, while, yeah. <laughs> while Jonathan Frakes is two take Frakes, uh, Mike Vehar is... Uh, <laughs> the harder and the harder. The harder and the harder. harder. <laughs> Uh, um, and as we mentioned before, but we got to do the intro, uh, the music was done by coming in at 120 pounds, <laughs> entering from the left side of the arena, man, that just gets better and better every time for me. Uh, he also gets smaller and smaller every time. He's, he's 120 pounds now. Is he okay? I don't know how much he weighs. Yeah, I don't know why I said 120 he's pounds. Trying to get, he's trying to get down in the tiers so that he can fight yeah. like smaller Feather guys. Featherweight? Yeah. Lower, yeah, yeah, in the the, <laughs> the lower weight class. Guest our shout-outs. Um, oh, bring them on. We got a lot here. James Darren is Vic Fontaine. Um, Ooh. Yeah, does a great job. I... <laughs> We're gonna a do small, a lot of. We're gonna do like eight episodes with him in it, but this is the first one we review. A small thing great. about James Darren and Vic Fontaine. Before I had finished DS Nine, uh, I had many a conversation on the phone with my father, who's a big Star Trek fan, and he he kept talking about, "Have you watched the episodes with James Darren as this guy named Vic?" And I was like the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, they're in this casino, and James Darren, this old timey like." Like, uh, Vegas guy is this guy named Vic. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds insane. And then the first episode I watched, I was like, this is great. I complete, I, I now understand. understand. Now. <laughs> yeah. He's perfect. He's just perfect as Vic mm -hmm. Fontaine. James Darren was friends with the Rat Pack and was godfather to Nancy Sinatra's daughter. So he's, yeah. He knows the role. Yeah. <laughs> Pally. 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 Uh, Robert O'Reilly, who is in this episode, I think maybe is like a, a, a winky cameo because he's Gowron. He's, you know, Chancellor oh, Gowron in, the clean, oh. uh, in tons of episodes. He's I, immediately when he was on screen, I, I recognized him because he has those really distinctive eyes. 
Uh, but he plays that replacement accountant during the heist. I always oh, remember yeah. Gowron as like a, a skinnier, smaller Klingon. But in this scene, he looks, looks so like big and imposing. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. It, it threw me off too. Yeah. He was also in Manhunt as like one of the guys, you know, when Picard is in that holodeck episode. Yeah. He's like the second guy who comes in and is like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Oh, um, there's also uh, Mark Lawrence as Zemo, who was 89. Dang. Um, <clears throat> and was in the Big Easy and a bunch of other old school like mob movies, which. When he showed up, if I hadn't, I haven't seen all the mob movies, so I wasn't like, "Oh, that guy." I was just like, "That dude's way too old to be playing this character." <laughs> That's what I thought too. He's like, "Oh man, this guy must must know somebody, or like he but must be he, somebody special." He also yeah. fits that character very well. Oh yeah, like that's that character, um, and mm-hmm. it's not his. It's not his first time uh, on Star Trek either. He was uh, he was in TNG. Uh, in the vengeance factor. So that's his first time on Star Trek. He definitely knew somebody. Uh, next uh, guest star we have is Mike Starr as Tony Cheech. I was shocked to find out that Cheech was not like a Sopranos. Like I was like, was this guy on the Sopranos? For right. AC? I've never watched the Sopranos, but I'm just like, this guy's a Sopranos guy, right? He's Cheech. Not. <laughs> Cheech was the moment, the moment he popped up, <clears throat> I was like, that's the guy who has the fucking heart attack in Dumb and Dumber. He's the fucking guy who he goes, my ulcer, and has a heart attack <laughs> in Dumb and Dumber. And I was like, great, oh, man. I'm in. Yeah, I'm sold. Like, yeah. let's I feel go. like we should do an alternate, like a side-by-side podcast of like kind of shitty movies from the 90s and early 2000s. Because we've done Rat Race. <laughs> Dumb, dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Do not shit on Dumb and Dumber. I will no, defend good. Dumb and Dumber till the end of time. Till the end of time. It's good. Kind of shitty. Cheech. Uh, Robert Miano played the villain, Frankie Eyes, which, it's what's like, the line in this episode where they're like, why Why is your name Frankie Eyes? It's like, I got, I got eyes for ladies or something stupid. No, he catches all the tricks. <laughs> He can see all, all the, tricks, the tricks or something like that. Ooh. So his last name, it really is Eyes, like spelled E-Y-E-S, Eyes. I'm assuming That's so. That's what I found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Dylan, you want to give us the last guest or show? I will. Um, and I'm going to chip Mayer as security guy Ryan, <laughs> which I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm not sure if this is the right guy, but I believe he was in another, in your opinion, Jan, possibly shitty 90s movie, <laughs> Liar Liar, as yeah. the hot boyfriend who uh, Jim Carrey is defending this lady. Anyway, it, it, I'm not going to get into the details. Oh yes, thank you. Oh he was hot God. boyfriend and Liar Liar. Christopher of Meyer. The, Thank you. Yes. I knew it. I was like, that's the hot guy from Liar Liar. <laughs> He's in it. Uh, Incredible. You do so much honor to these actors. I'm, I'm just Dylan. a resident shitty uh, Liar 90s comedy guy. Shitty, 90s it's not comedy. shitty. It's a and good neither, neither comedy. Never, and neither, I mean, Rat Race might be kind of technically shitty, but like they're all fun. Um, Liar Liar is uh, one of my faves. So I just, oh, Liar Liar's good. I knew that was him. 
That's good. Well, you know, he passed away in 2011 at age 57. So just going to bring it down. So so I I think I know the answer to this question, uh, mainly because if you don't like the episode, it's going to be a no. But if you like the episode, it's going to be a yes. Uh, Would you you recommend watching this episode strictly based off the holodeck content? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's a no-brainer, man. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Totally. I don't know. I'm just so excited that we finally got to watch this episode because I remember when I first watched it and I was like, this is awesome. This is such a nice break from everything that's been going on in the show. Yeah. And it's just, not, it feels good. It's just it like a feel good like, episode. It's, a, it's like, what, 15th episode. I think there are nine more episodes left of DS9 at this point. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the, this is the intermission. When you come back. Shit's gonna get crazy. <laughs> Shit's gonna hit the fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this like that's what it was, and uh, I think that's. Anyways, yeah, we'll talk about it some more, but oh, it's yeah. it's yeah. really wonderful in that sense. They would have made a good finale. Totally, I think. Totally. Oh, it would have. It would have been like the, finale is aces, but still, yeah. It would have been a nice like. <clears throat> this feels like not like a obviously not like a clip episode, but like you know, in like the sitcoms, they do like the clip shows where they're like. You remember when like this happened and then they go through like the whole like series and flashbacks this felt like that but without the clips like it was just like aren't these characters fucking great yeah <laughs> there's a sidetrack here but there is a clip show episode of star trek the next generation that is legendarily bad and it's like <laughs> Like Riker is basically having an aneurysm and he's like remembering <laughs> things from just the first like season and a half of Star Trek, the next generation. Oh. Oh. And, and it's, it really is like, I think it's just Crusher in the medical bay and an eclipse show of him remembering things. Oh. And then it's like, and now it's over. God. <laughs> Though I just, I feel like it just feels like you got robbed of an episode whenever you watch a clip show. Yeah. You're just like. That was not fun. <laughs> well, like that would never happen now, right? Because most no. shows are going direct to streaming. So yeah. Yeah. like you don't need to create a filler episode. Every season of something is 10 episodes and Netflix is going to cancel you after three seasons anyways. So it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. And a lot of shows these days are uh, dropped all at once too. So you, you most likely are assuming that the people watching the show have just watched the first like eight episodes already. So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would be so funny if, if I mean, it's, it feels like a Tim Robinson or like a Tim and Eric thing, I like doing a clip show episode. I don't know how they would do but like you're just doing one of those things. I really things, want like to do, it. someone's going to steal this from me now, but I want to do a sketch show or something where literally the first episode is a, is a clip show episode of the whole season <laughs> and then everything after that. <laughs> Is is those things. So it's like you're supposed to feel nostalgic <laughs> over all this stuff, but you've never seen any of this stuff before. But that's kind of genius, though, because then you can go back and watch the clip episode and be like, this is the first episode. What a great episode. I remember all those future episodes so so well. And, and the other thing you could do is just like move forward from that episode 
And never so it's actually yeah. <laughs> never explore it. It's, it's like cutting straight it's into like, half of an, a season. Yeah, all right. Now it's season. It's basically like starting at season three of a you're TV using, show. You're using the first episode as your clip show to like introduce everybody to the characters, so you can just hit the ground running and not have to do like the early. Like, oh yeah, like those two used to date, but they had a big breakup, but then they made up. It's okay. Uh, that guy's dad died, but he's he's figured things out. <laughs> It's episode two. Uh, Uh, We've gone far off track. I know this episode is going to go long because we love this episode. We love this episode. But before we get to everything, let's do this week on. This week on. Our segment where uh, one of our beautiful hosts uh, gets 30 seconds to tell us what the fuck happens outside of the holodeck. uh, Or just in the episode, I guess. Just in the whole episode. Uh, And this week is Yawn? 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 Let me get a a timer going. Yeah, get a timer ready. 30 seconds on the clock, Yawn. Tell us what happened in this episode whenever you're ready. Miles and Julian are hanging out with Vic Fontaine in the Hollow Suite, but it turns out that there's a something called a Jack in the Box, and it fucks up the program. So Vic Fontaine's in trouble. He, therefore, all of the senior staff of Deep Space Nine basically works together to try to help Vic Ocean's Eleven his way into like being okay on the Hollow Suite. Meanwhile, Cisco at first is like, "I don't like this because." Uh, of racial injustice, but uh, now I'm cool with it. And then it's over, and everybody is really, really happy. Worf doesn't like him. Nice. <laughs> that was incredible. You you nailed it. <laughs> nice. That may have been the best recap we've had so far. Might have been. Man, I'm glad I got Worf doesn't like him in there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like- to, to be fair, Worf says, I don't like him or dislike him. He's not real. He's pretend. <laughs> yeah, Worf uh, likes, he thinks he's a funny guy, likes his singing, but it's like, he's a hologram, so who the fuck cares? He's not real. Which like, I want to be like, you know, flash forward 10 years from now when, you know, the doctor comes back from the Delta Quadrant and, he, (laughs) you know, like the civil rights movement for holodeck programs like really catches steam because he's already like considered an author and owner of his own work. And uh, Worf is just like reading the the newspaper on his pad and he's just like, (sighs) not fucking real. Like I can't. can't he's got can't like gray this. hair. He's like <laughs> old as fuck. He's like he's goddamn fucking. Alexander holograms. comes in. It's like, hey, dad, um, do you want to meet my girlfriend? And he's like, sure, of course. You know, trying to like be supportive. He's like, cool. Like, can you meet us in Holodeck Three? He's like, okay, of course. Meets her there, and like halfway through, Worf realizes like she's a hologram. <laughs> Like, and he gets like vi- he, the way he gets visibly uncomfortable. Yeah, like he's visibly like uncomfortable, he but he doesn't. Anything. He doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't want to like be that guy. So he's just like, yeah. Well, I gotta go. Why, Dad? Um, we just we, we're we're halfway through dinner. Um, I'm needed on the bridge, Dad. You no longer <laughs> are. <laughs> You're retired. I must leave, Alexander. <laughs> I do not know how to say this, but she is not real. <laughs> I'm imagining like a really basic, like like the Thanksgiving scene in the first like Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie where like Harry goes out to the, the fucking like the, the elevator and fucking uh, 
his dad is like, just do what you need with her and, and leave her alone or whatever. And it's really mean <laughs> and it's just awful. And I'm just imagining that with Worf and Alexander. <laughs> it's just like, she's not real. Just Absolutely not real. not real. Guys, what did you like about this episode besides everything? <laughs> Man. It's so good. I uh, almost feel sweet. Watching this episode, I wanted them to do I want them to like just straight up rip off this idea for discovery if they had a holodeck because I'm like could you imagine this episode today we'd get like an Ocean's Eleven level like imagine hour. Saru oh. like Saru and the gang like in suits like slow-mo walking into a casino oh my god Man. that would be incredible my actually my favorite part of this episode is um the montage where they're all practicing the things that they need to do and then it cuts to Cisco practicing, practicing rolling dice that that to me was hilarious like does does Cisco know that this is random does he, does he understand that this is just, just he doesn't have was, any control over this and then I was like maybe Cisco weighted the dice and he's just trying things out nope no. Cassidy, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning how to roll dice. They're dice, Cassidy. He, uh, Avery Brooks, his performance, like, after watching interviews with, like, actual Avery Brooks and, like, knowing kind of the kooky guy he is, his performance takes on a whole nother level of wild. Like, yeah. after understanding the person, because then you look in his eyes and they are, like, they're out there <laughs> and you're just like yeah this is awesome he is he is he's in this right now he's he's really wonder actually that is one of my favorite things about this episode is actually outside of the uh, holodeck and it's the scene between two scenes between him and cassidy mm-hmm. but the big one where he's just like um i don't like vix because i'm into history and to me it's pretty inaccurate racist as fuck. and she's great yeah, and she's great because she's like, yeah, but like we're better than that now. And me going in there makes me feel like we can at least be a part of something that is better. Like, what if what if things had been better at the time? Then we could have yeah. been a part of it, which uh, I think is a really good argument for you know casting plays or even films with or even just doing stories set in time periods where it's like, yeah, like these black characters have a lot more agency than a real black character would or black person would have had at the time, but this is fiction. So maybe we can just, mm-hmm. you know, this is not discounting. This is not pretending that this time was different. Like or yeah. it is pretending, but it's like, we're not pretending that it that never happened. We're also not, but what if, yeah. what if it were different? We're also not doing mm-hmm. like a historically act. We're not doing like a true story that happened in history. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I also think it's like, and just with DS9 in general, but I think it's in terms of the like the writer's perspective, an incredibly responsible thing to make that a point of being like, we're having fun in the holodeck, right? In the 60s, like casino Vegas stuff, but do not forget how fucked up this era was. And I think that's, dare I say, ahead of its time once again. <laughs> For no, DS9, I, but like, I agree. There's so much stuff, so much content that doesn't even recognize that ever. They're just like, oh, it's fun. 
and thank God Star Trek is there to be like totally. Yeah, it's fun, but it was fucked up. Just so you know, so yeah, you can have your fun now, but just know it was fucked up. Yeah, I think you know, I think Star Trek in general from the beginning, Gene Roddenberry was like, "Fuck race." You know, the future is humanity is out in the stars exploring, yeah. and obviously that was advanced for the '60s. But this episode shows, you know, how these movements change and now it's like well you know you can't pretend that race doesn't exist and obviously and i which makes me kind of wonder like is cisco kind of like the most the first explicitly black character in star trek and i i this is not to take anything maybe i'm not the person to talk about this but like where they you know where these kinds of issues are tackled or these conversations are had so I think he's definitely the most vocal about them in terms of characters. Yeah. And I mean, through watching the like DS9 documentary where they talk Mm -hmm. about it, it's pretty crazy how like forward thinking the show was and how little credit it gets for Cisco and all of those characters being black on that show and being like the main characters, especially for the time. And yeah. what was on TV. Um, yeah, it's just rad. And watching it now is like, fuck yeah. This aged so insanely well. And I'm it glad holds that up. people yeah. get to watch it. Yeah. Anything else we liked? Oh, man. I I yep. kind of love... I mean, <laughs> God, Nog is so great all the time. Love Nog. He's a cute guy. Aaron Aaron Eisenberg, what a loss. Um, yeah. So good. He, he really... I saw a recent... I'm rewatching Deep Space Nine slowly and i recently saw the episode where he passes his starfleet entrance exams and like god like his his enthusiasm to get into starfleet he's just so yeah. good and it's such a great fucking story um no i recently just caught up with discovery and uh i caught the 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 point in the episode where they have the uss nog um which was great and i also did it caught which was a little bit more obvious because they said the name a few times, but the Yelchin USS Yelchin, I was like, yep. man, they're just like given like nods to all parts of Star Trek here. <laughs> I, I think that's in. really great. Yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm, as I get older and older, the more and more sappy I get, I'm like, yeah, let's just fucking kick that on. Kick <laughs> it on baby. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Give me all of it. Uh, something I liked about this episode, which is not, outside of the holodeck is how uh chummy odo is with cheech i really <laughs> love when odo gets to be chummy with people yeah and he's like reveling in his humanity <laughs> and it's like really fun this it's is so yummy late voy- late voyager too so um <laughs> mid voyager late ds9 yeah this is late voyager too so odo gets to really uh <laughs> spread his wings and fly <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I love his like, you know, you're a security guy. I'm a security guy. You know, we, we speak the same language. Yeah. And then when he brings uh, uh, what's her name in and he's like, she needs a job. And she just like, Any, anything for you, like pal, long, long fingers stretch. or like stretch. stretch yeah. <laughs> anything for you, stretch. <laughs> maybe you'll do that thing. And he's like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> I'm not a monkey, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fucking dancing monkey. guy. <laughs> Uh, uh, it is weird to me. Again, I, I say this every time, but it's like 
Kira and him dating, I, I've accepted it, but it's always weird. But him like ogling at the dancers, I'm like that was so weird. It's so weird. I don't yeah. think Otto, oh, yeah. excuse me, Otto, Odo would ogle at dancers. Yeah, he like he's just becoming comfortable with like being a like a sexual being. Sexual, yeah, yeah, very, like in the corporal form. Yeah. There's some moments in this show where they do show their age. As much as I just talked about ahead of its time, it was that sort of stuff. You're like, all right, Odo, just like you haven't seen this before. You work like, with Davo girls all the time. Yeah, chill what out, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This I don't know what why this this occurred in my head, but like, how many times do Davo girls end up murdered on Deep Space Nine? And there's like a whole other like TV show that could exist. Law and Order. And it's just it's just law. <laughs> God, that'd be it's, so good. Just or the killing or like all those TV shows. It's like okay, Odo's like has has to figure out where were you on Star Date. Up... <laughs> <laughs> imagining how up in arms like Trek people would get if they made like Deep Space Ten Law and Order, where like so... it's, <laughs> it's just two just, detectives, like, detectives. <laughs> like... <laughs> on a space station, solving and they're murders. always talking to the same guy loading crates in Cargo Bay Four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I know the friend you talking about. The one with the ears a little crooked. Every episode they talk to him and he's still moving crates. Oh yeah, yeah. The Klingon. The Klingon oh, yeah, with the yeah, head. Yeah. Oh, that Romulan. Or oh, were they a Vulcan? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Does that make me bad? I don't know. Oh my god! Uh, I have a job to do. What do you expect me to be looking at everybody? <laughs> Plasma conduit that. Plasma conduit this. Chief O'Brien transferred over here, and now I gotta do everything. <laughs> Thanks for your help. No problem. Um, no problem. one thing I really liked. It's such a small thing, but in the beginning, when they find out about the Jack in the Box, right? Um. And they're in the they they they're in the holodeck. I think we're just gonna talk about holodeck stuff. But um, the sound design uh, with the music, once the music changes away from uh, Vic Fontaine's music to like the dancers' music, um, one I thought I was I thought like my like something just started randomly playing on my browser because it was like such at odds with the other music that I was like doesn't feel did, and I like did the frantic like did a pop up happen. Um, like, why is this music coming in? But then the music kept going throughout the scene. Uh, and it was a little louder than background music. And that sound design part of it, like really made me feel like I wasn't watching. I forgot I was watching a Star Trek episode for a second because you don't normally get that amount of like background Mm -hmm. noise. It's normally just like the space hum that you can kind of hear or like whatever. It's never like designed like that. So that's yeah. so interesting. They bring that up, Darius, because I noticed it a lot too. But I thought it was my, I said to you guys earlier that I recalibrated my receiver and everything. And it was just <laughs> like, yeah, like I hear, every, I hear all that background sound and I hear the dialogue. But maybe it's just as the mix specifically in this episode. Totally. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I loved it. It felt like a, it really felt like a movie to me. Yeah, it, it, did. it very much felt like a movie. It's like a movie. It's like a movie. <laughs> Speaking of the sound, though, outside of the holodeck, the money shot of them walking around the corner, the whole oh, gang, God, so good. the Ocean's Eleven thing going on. But the music 
my man Jay, my man Jay Chataway, doing the the Vegas casino thing. But if you listen to it, it's got the DS9 theme in it. It's like a swingy version of the DS9 theme, and it fucking slaps, man. It, Let's see if it I reminds me it. of our man Bashir. He did a similar thing. The same thing. Where yeah, I think it was him for our man Bashir. We gotta get Jay on the show. Mr. Jay Chataway. It was yeah, it was Jay Chataway for our man Bashir. We so just yeah, gotta he, make he, some some Jay Chataway shirts. I would wear one of those. Should we make it our goal to by the end of 2021 to have Jay Chataway on the pod? On the it's podcast? bada bing, bada bang, isn't it? It's not bing, bada bing. It's bada two D's, <laughs> two D's. I put bada bing, bada, bada boom. Bada bang. <laughs> it's bada bing, bada bang. All right, hold on. Here we go. Oh, you're right, Dylan. You're right. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's really wonderful. I think a thing, a fun thing to point out too is, you know, I'm watching this. I'm like, oh man, this is like so Ocean's Eleven. But my point of reference for Ocean's Eleven is the Steven Soderbergh trilogy. Yeah, same. Yeah. But obviously, this episode predates that. But it is referencing. Ocean's Eleven, the original from the 60s with the Rat Pack. Totally. Uh, Which is why a Discovery episode of this would be so fucking slamming. Yeah. They they could could do it like like, Soderbergh style. Hey, uh, Steve, hey, they could just be like, hey, Soderbergh, uh, would you want to direct? Would you mind just making (laughs) like a DS, like a a fucking, an Ocean's episode for us on Star Trek? Do you want to direct an episode of Star Trek? The catch is, is we're doing a heist. So and Soderbergh would be like, as long as I get to use my like Apple watch to film it or something, because yeah. he, he that's all the the only things he does now are like, I'm going to film a movie on on something you know, that like, everybody else has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it'd be like, only if I get exclusive uh, like rights to to theater stuff. And they're like, no, it's a TV show. And he's like, yeah, no, want, but it's mine, I, though. I need the exclusive rights <laughs> yeah. to the theatrical. It's like, yeah, I mean, we can give that to you, but it will never be in the theaters. Like, as long as I have them, though. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's two it's hours fine. long. George Clooney is a guest guest star. <laughs> they wouldn't even have they to have the holodeck. The they wouldn't even they have to have the holodeck. The they could just do a heist on, like, an alien planet. Oh, man. Well, apparently Iris Stephen Bear wanted to do a heist episode on Deep Space Nine, but they could never figure out the pitch, the angle for it. And I think they were finally just because, you know, they hate the holodeck, the hollow suite on DS9. Yeah. Because they did too many of them in TNG. Uh, but he just finally was like, fuck it. I really want to do a heist. So we're going to do it. Totally. We're going to do it in the hollow suite. Oddly enough, because they don't use the hollow suite a whole lot. I think some of the best holodeck episodes are in DS9, and there's not a whole lot of them. Because uh, when they check, do let them... Let me check our list here. Let me see how many... I haven't gotten best. around to DS9 yet <laughs> on our unofficial list. Oh, when no, they you're do talking about them, our list list. Okay. Our current ranking is number one, our man this year. Yeah. Because when they do them, they fucking do them. Like, it's not like a half-assed thing. It's like, and it's not they like, go. There's some episodes that have, like, small amounts of holodeck content... A hollow sweet content in them, but when they do a hollow sweet episode, it's, it's a hollow sweet episode. It's not just like, 
all right, we're going to do half Hollow Suite, half uh, DS9. It's like, no, we're going to spend the whole, basically the whole episode in the Hollow Suite. In the Hollow Suite. Yeah. Which is great. And it's, it pays off. We get to see what we, we get to see what we would love uh, recent Bryce to be in this episode with our classic uh, Julian and uh, (laughs) Miles. Miles. I love how sincere they are. They're just like, I fucking, I'm having a great time. Are you having a great time? Like, I'm having a great time. It's like, cool. <laughs> I love a great time. They, that first scene when they're like, hey, Vic, uh, do you want to come fight the Alamo with us? And he's like, no. And they're like, but. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. <laughs> Please. Like, uh, just, uh, I can just imagine them like walking to the hollow space. Like, okay, so like, I'm going to just like kind of bring it up and you're gonna like <laughs> and they did like the buckskin thing i imagine they did so much work beforehand to make it possible right because like i think um i think uh o'brien goes like and we figured out that we can just like beam you over to the to, to the other hollows house before uh because you know it seems like o'brien sat down to figure this out so they could like get him over to a different hollow deck hollow sweep program without like erasing his memories which is also another great thing about this episode is to see them like all like the two of them being like brian's like well we could just restart the episode but then uh, the the holodeck but then he's gonna lose his memories and I'm brand new fix like nah after he reached it nah you're gonna kill me you ain't gonna do that <laughs> shit yeah fuck <laughs> you man <laughs> I do love Vic's, and for for those who don't know much about Vic Fontaine and what sets him apart from other holodeck programs, um, I think with the exception of Moriarty, he's the only holodeck program that is effectively self-aware. He's like, I know that I'm a holodeck program, but it's okay. I'm cool with that. I'm just going to live my life. This is my existence. Do they keep the... the, I think they keep the... uh, program running in the background right so he doesn't lose his memories yeah yeah that that's they, what's so cool is like <laughs> the, the the crazy thing about ds9 is they're like we hate the hollow suite but late ds9 is like they utilize the hollow suite the best out of any of the shows so uh, any here's a question like it's so quark's bar owns all the hollow suites right yeah so he, who's paying to just like rent out that hollow suite? Which, like, do Julian? Julian and total yeah. sense why Quark hates this this hollow suite program because I'm guessing some higher up, like Kira, <laughs> was like, "No, you got to keep it running." And Quark's like, like "We're requisitioning this for Bajoran." You can't do um, that to me. Start research. <laughs> something. No, it's like that's know. bullshit. It's like. Yeah, but we can do it. We can we can we can actually do that. Though. You know, it was a situation where Cork came into Cisco's office and was like, "We can't keep running this all the time." And Cisco's like, "Do you want me to fucking shut you down? Because I can shut you down." And uh, no, he's like, look, look, picks up like he opens a drawer and he pulls out a pad <laughs> and he's like, "Cork." Uh, uh, implicated in, and it's just like, okay, 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 okay. You know, he <laughs> just low key threw Actually, <laughs> I think what happened in this one is he came in and Cisco's like, Quark, have a seat. I hate this fucking thing as much as you do. Okay. I wish, <laughs> I wish they weren't running this thing. But if I, if I shut this thing down, I'm going to have a mutiny on my hands. <laughs> I can't shut it down. I wish I could. It's racist as fuck. I want to shut it down, but I can't. <laughs> and then Quark was like, 
uh, no, sir. Like we, we need to get rid of it. And he was like, and they pulled the pad yeah. out. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going <laughs> to threaten you. <laughs> you need to start date one, seven, three, four, nine, two, a shipment. He's like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Which like in hindsight is like the most corrupt thing. Like when you really oh, think totally. about it, it's just, just like, I'm letting you do a bunch of fucked up shit because everyone likes you and I like you deep down. Deep <laughs> so, down. do you guys want to go into the art? Oh, else? wait, uh, yeah. There's, there's some. I mean, there's a bunch of other things. But trivia, this is another it's trivia. I guess this is another little thing I, I kind of liked was the attention to detail. Um, you see it twice. Um, once when they're explaining the plan, and uh, once or twice when they're actually doing the plan. But they're explaining that like. Okay, then Odo like does the like morphing out of the tray and he's going to put all the money into a suitcase. And I was like, yeah, but if, su- if Odo lets go of that suitcase, it's not going to be a uh, part of him anymore. Like he morphed himself <laughs> into this suitcase. And then I see like the, the, um, the safe open up and he puts the suitcase down and like opens it up, but keeps his hand on it and like starts loading it with one hand. I was like, ah, that's some attention to detail right there. Cause they know. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you get Mark Vihar in, in, in there. Cause he, he's going to be like Mike Vihar, excuse me. Cause be uh, harder, he's not going to be harder, be harder. <laughs> think hard. <laughs> uh, I think thanks for bringing it. I didn't even notice that detail. Uh, Apparently the, you know, obviously the art director, I think just deserves a shout out, shout out Randy McIlvain. Yeah. He, and he watched Ocean's Eleven and the Elvis movie, Viva Las Vegas to inspire the set design. Nice. Awesome. I think it's cool. They chose that, that ending song too. The best oh. is yet to come because like the, best the next nine episodes are crazy. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, oh and and of course this was not emmy nominated for best hairstyling yep which i'm trying to think it's like yeah esri's got a real hair yeah kira's got good hair hair in this (laughs) everyone's avery brooks has great hair in this yeah for the hair that he has it's great (laughs) cassie's got great hair o'brien you always know yeah oh the hat (laughs) (laughs) oh god uh We'll talk more about O'Brien in this too. Yes. Let's uh let's take a look in the archives. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Accessing Starfleet Archives Deep Space Nine. Simulating. You may now enter the holodeck. Tom, Pert, how is the heist going? Hey Lobeck. What's up, man? Oh, you got to be valet? Uh, yes, my piloting skills transfer to automotive technology from the 20th century quite well. Oh, man. Do they even need a valet? Didn't they walk walk in? Yeah, yes, they, they, they walk directly inside. I, I assume I am some sort of getaway driver, uh, though there is no evidence at all that the heist involves a getaway yet. Were you at the meeting? No. No, they just handed me a uniform and said, you're the electrician, don't worry, we're gonna need you. I see, and you have a toolbox, yeah. and you're, you're, you're ready That's to go. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I didn't look inside the toolbox yet, because I thought that it was something that I should wait until we're in the middle of the heist to do. Mm-hmm. 
So I figure there's something really important in this toolbox. Pert, what is that stick you keep putting in your mouth and then taking out? Oh, this is a cigarette. Uh, they, they asked me to be the trash man, and I don't know why, because doesn't the trash, didn't the trash, doesn't the trash guy usually come in like the morning? It's night, but this, this is a cigarette. Um, it's what they, they smoke in, in uh, the casino, and this is the only place I get to do it, right? Uh, it's really fun. You should give it a shot. Uh, I, will, I will take one of these cigarettes. It, they 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 outlawed them at a certain point because they cause cancer, uh, <clears throat> but it's pretty rad because you can just smoke them all the time in here, and not get cancer, which uh, is pretty cool. No thanks, Perry. I don't, I don't imbibe. So, sorry, you don't. Does want somebody one? have a phaser set to a low setting so I can light this? Yeah, here you go. Um, yeah, no, I don't want one. Thank you, though. Why not? I don't. I don't smoke. You don't. Sp- I honestly find this it is delicious. Disgusting. Really? I I think it's delightful. I wish I could do it. I don't wish I could do it in real life, obviously. But like, I wish I could do it hey, on the ship. Guys, do you think we're actually a part of this heist? Uh, I, at this moment, I believe we are a part of the heist, but not a part of the heist. If that makes any sense? Yeah. I just the heist think, is not occurring around us. I just think it's ridiculous because I think out of like all the people on DS9, we spend the most time with Vic Fontaine. But yeah, the commanding officers everything. are treating it like he's their best friend. I agree. Yeah. I spend, if you look at my logs, 10 hours a week with Vic Fontaine. We spend so much time together. He's counseled me on how to interact and reconnect with my father which is something that I never thought was possible. He, uh, he taught me how to make this incredible cocktail. Have you, guys ha- have you guys tried these martinis? I have. They are They're so delicious. good. Vic Fontaine was actually giving me singing lessons, and I was getting so good that I was like in here all the time. You, I find that hard to believe, what? Tom. You, you, yeah. <clears throat> he was giving me singing lessons. He was giving you lessons. He's, teaching, He's giving you lessons. He was teaching me how to croon, and I was getting so good that he was actually going to have me perform with him at one point. Can you croon now? Can, can you, you croon? Fly me to the moon and let me sing forevermore. See, I don't quite know Are the you, lyrics too well just yet, yeah, but I'm getting right. there. Right. I mean, it's not uh, as good as Speaking of Vic. crooning, do you, yeah. do you hear that coming out of Sounds like Cisco. Sounds like Cisco. Wait, why would he? Why would Cisco be singing? Did, Did they already? I I will take a look. <sighs> you should really try one of these. They are delicious. Oh, I used to. I just I had to quit. I spend too oh, much yeah? time in the holodeck smoking. Oh yeah, that's fair. It's a little addictive. Yeah. It would appear that part of the heist involves a sort of singing performance between Cisco and Vic Fontaine. Perhaps I should get a vehicle prepared for the getaway. Well, did it is it Von, is it is it Vix again? Like the is it it's not what's his name's right? Yeah, did um, it say Vic Fontaine behind the Vic's, behind the stage? Thing? Let me look. I, it, as you know, it is hard for me to decipher human script. No, I I know. I always have the pad next to me, and I just we understand. I just you, po- yeah. hold the pad yep. in front of the human script, yeah, you, and then it. <laughs> you want to just you want to <laughs> go? 
You just want to go check it? Well, can I can I borrow like your we, pad? I didn't bring a pad. You know, what, I'll go check. I'll go check. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you. I really like the menthol flavor. Have you tried uh, the menthol flavor? No, I have not. I will try one of those as well. Can I smoke Here, two of these at once? I think you can. Yeah, you can double fist or double finger them. You know, you just yeah. Can you phase me again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is definitely, uh, says Vic Fontaine. Sorry it took me so long. I had to take a second and uh, roll one at the craps tables. I can never walk past a craps tables without putting something down and, and, and trying. You went it inside? You didn't just peek? You went inside and you, you rolled at the craps table? Yeah, but it looks like the. You can just. It looks like the heist the table. is over. Wait, it's done? Yeah, when I walked in, uh, I saw uh, Johnny Eyes getting like muscled out as they were Frankie Eyes. Frankie Eyes. Sorry, I hate the guy so much. I never even remember his name. I saw Frankie Eyes getting muscled out, and Cisco was up with Vic singing a song, and everybody was celebrating well, was the like they had, like they had, uh, they had, they had won something. Well, wait, why didn't they tell? Wait, they're having like a fun, a nice moment, and they didn't tell. Yeah, is are our communicators malfunctioning? They could have told us that the the heist was over. I'm a little Guys. pissed off because Vic Fontaine told me I was going to be singing with him soon, and now he's up there. Cisco never came in here. Cisco just met Vic Fontaine two days ago. Do they? Do they not like us? That cannot be the case. We're pretty likable. Fellas, I, right? I find that we're we're like. May I have a third cigarette? Yeah, of course. Here you go. See, this is why I had to stop smoking. What do you guys like about the holiday stuff? I've already talked about a bunch. Of it. <sighs> yeah, well, we've we've already talked about a lot of the uh, the holiday action. Um, <clears throat> one of the. Uh, a, a nice little attention to detail uh, for me is when Bashir orders a martini and says, shaken, not stirred. No, sure. <laughs> stirred, not shaken. Sorry, stirred, not shaken. Yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> um, a little winky like, hey, fuck you, MGM, not letting us do more <laughs> Our Man Bashir episodes. Which is kind of awesome for his character, though. Like, it's a, it's a wink and a nod to the audience, but it's also like a... Bashir is so fucking into that holodeck program that he's like actively playing this character in a Vegas casino. I it's thought, like part part of his personality. I yeah. thought it was because I could be wrong, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong now that you guys are saying this. I thought it was because they wanted he wanted to make sure there was uh, something in the martini so she could stir it. That and if he's got a sh- shaken martini, it might not have that. It, yeah, that's 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 it has right. both a canon like yeah. in episode logical reason yeah. and also <laughs> a canon previous episode. It's like it's a per, it's a moment when you're a writer and you're writing something you're like, "Oh, oh, oh that's so good. Oh. I'm so fucking good." <laughs> I fucking nailed Fuck it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's man. so good. The dialogue in this is just very very strong. It really is. Um, I, like I like when like Vic is self aware and he knows that he's not, as Worf would say, real, but he's still like, 
you can't fire me. I have a con. Like he's still playing this contract. role. I got a contract. <laughs> and it's, uh, it feels like something straight out of like Godfather part two or something, you know, yeah. like he's got a contract, Michael. It's just, like, you can't just fire. It's like, I'll find a way. I'll find a way find to, a way to, to fuck you. I'll do, yeah, fuck I'll do I whatever want. I want. Oh, Remember back God. in America, back in the day in America, when like having a contract like meant something. Like, yeah, I got a contract. I got a contract, motherfucker. <laughs> you can't do nothing to me. And now you're like, I got a contract, man. They're like, Yeah, but I have more lawyers than you. And you're like, Yeah, oh, you're right. Okay, it's like I have more right. lawyers, and I'm willing to pay the fine to break the contract. So <laughs> that's the that's the country that we live in now. One of my favorite Frankie Eyes moments is when Kira's playing blackjack. And he walks up to the the guy who's the poor fucking card dealer who's yeah. dealing cards, and he's like, "Hit her again!" And he's like, "Here you go!" And he's like, "Hit her again! You're making me mad." He's like, "Sir, like, I don't have any control over this." Make me angry, sir. You told us to load these decks with high high suits. Like, I don't. Yeah, this is a stack. Ten queens, ten kings, five aces. Trying this to is, make me angry. This Agreed. is directly your fault, sir. Like, please don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> that guy does fucking crush it. He's I re- wish I had his name. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. He's really good, and I felt his his pain. This, this poor fucking guy. Like, he just gets abused every single day by yeah. by Frankie eyes. <laughs> poor guy. Also, when Cheech is shoving that cheesesteak down that guy's face. Oh, God. How about that action? (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking. I wouldn't feed this to my parole officer. I was thinking, I was like, man, this is going to score really high. And then I was like, "Um, I guess there isn't that much action. But I forgot about that scene (laughs) where he's shoving a cheesesteak down a guy's throat. (laughs) And there's implied action, too. With yeah. uh, what's his name getting beat up? Yeah, but the cheesesteak scene where he's like, "You call this a fucking cheesesteak?" and he starts shoving it in his face like a child. It's I don't care if you gotta wonderful. go. I don't care if you gotta fly all the way back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I like his 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 character is basically like he's from Philadelphia. That's that's, that's his character. It. That's his only character. He's from Philadelphia. And in that same scene, he talks about a pizza, and he's like, "You can't get a good pizza here." I, that scene felt really weird to me because, like, he asks her and she reacts weird, uncomfortably. And I was like, was that a weird innuendo? Because he's, like, a creepy guy. And then she's like, I guess I go get you one. And he's like, yeah, the pizza sucks here. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I guess it wasn't a weird thing. He was literally just asking about pizza. <laughs> yeah, he literally just wanted a pizza. I just, like, I kind of, I'm feeling a pizza right now. And Ezra's like, okay. Okay, okay, I can do that. That seed made me go how- like, man, I kind of want pizza right now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's crazy how quickly when someone on TV is like, I want pizza, how quickly that goes into my brain and is like, well, I want pizza also. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I want a pizza right now. <laughs> Guys, I, I this this is great. But I, I finally, thank you for bringing up that character, Dylan. Yes. Because uh, his name is Sammy Miko is the name of the actor and he is a professional gambling instructor and gives lessons in the las vegas hilton casino that's amazing uh, that is nuts so like it's a big that is like amazing. wink like nice like they found a legit casino dealer like professional gambling, guy. gambling instructor 
That sounds like a professional enabler that gets paid yep. <laughs> to ruin people's lives. It really should just be like, and this is when you stop gambling because <laughs> you're ahead. You stop. You take the money and, and you go. This is the only moment where you are beating the house. Professional gambling instructor should be like, just don't do it. What? Yeah. Don't do it. I paid you ten thousand dollars for yeah. this. Yeah, yep. don't do and it's it. It's money well spent. You're gonna <laughs> You're saving so much money by this. Forty eight percent of the time you win. Fifty two percent of the time you lose. <laughs> And the guy's like, your entire life. Yeah, well, 100% <laughs> of the time, I just paid you $10,000 and I'm not going to get it back. <laughs> Take it as a lesson. Go home. Take it as your first. Go home. Your last and your only lesson from me. Lesson. <laughs> Trust me. If you listen, if you don't take this advice, you're going to lose a lot more than $10,000. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> hey, now that we talked that out, sounds like a, a legit profession. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you have you guys been to Vegas? I haven't not been to Vegas as an adult. Same. So, um, for for people who have not been to Vegas, what a thing that I find particularly wonderful about it is, it is a casino city. You can't go into a Seven Eleven. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Without there being slot machines yep. in there, Everywhere. there are slot machines and poker machines in. Every, yeah, every fucking place because it's legal and it's a great easy way to make money because it's guaranteed money over time. Yeah. I had and a layover in the Vegas airport and one like, yeah. I just, well, no, this is the second, that was the second time I had a layover in the Vegas oh, okay. airport. I've had a couple layovers in the Vegas airport and every terminal has slot machines. Yeah. Yet, Did yet you- there are billboards all over the city that are like, Hey, um, if you have a gambling problem, call this hotline. Like, we'll help you. Like, <laughs> and right behind you can't it is live like in Las Vegas and have a gambling problem. <laughs> it's like you call and it's like, okay, so um, we got a U-Haul headed to your home. You just need to get out of fucking Nevada. <laughs> you, you gotta get to out of leave. there, man. It's you. You can't live there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only experience I've had is like I've been to Vegas not as an adult though, except for the one time we had a tiny layover in the, in in Las Vegas where like I'm on the plane and I'm like, "Ooh, baby, I got 2 hours in Vegas. The Vegas airport. I'm going to bet my we, fortune away." Had, the last time we had a layover in Vegas um was on our way to Hawaii. Was it Hawaii? No. Yes. Yeah, no, it was on our Oh no. It was on our way to Idaho. I think. Idaho. And we were there with me, Dylan, our sister, um, and her boyfriend at the time. And, uh, at the time, her boy, uh, our sister's boyfriend at the time, Curtis just like offered Dylan $20 to go gamble. <laughs> and like, Dylan was like, nah, it's okay. I don't, I don't want it. And so he went off and used the $20 and came back. He's like, I want 60 bucks. No, and didn't he win like $200 or something? Or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> and he was just like, that could have been yours, Dylan. <laughs> I was like, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I guess you're fucking uh, right. I've, 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 played, I've played board games with Dylan. Dylan would have lost every single one of those pennies. <laughs> Dylan would true. not have made a cent. Yeah, that's Dylan why I don't gamble. That's literally why I don't gamble because like, I'd either choose the wrong machine or I'd play craps and just fucking just... I can't stop. Like, I cannot stop. If I won, I'd be like, the crowd would be like, yeah. And it'd be like, 
yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I and I'd should, lose everything. You really shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've spent, um, I've, I've bought too many microtransactions in video games, like the <laughs> virtual gambling, to know that I would not do well in the real world. <laughs> Those are like illegal now, aren't they? Yeah. In kind Europe, at least, of, yeah. Europe was like, you can't do this anymore. I mean, it, you can still do it because you can buy, like, in sports video games, you can buy packs, you know, which is essentially gambling for certain cards, which is a side point. Anyway, <laughs> back you to guys, Anything else you guys liked before we rate this thing? Yes. Uh, I liked that they, they shoved in an O'Brien suffers moment. Where it's just part of the heist, and this, but his part is like distracting the security guy, and the security guy played by Chip Mayer is just like Charlie, strip search him, and O'Brien's like, ah, oh, fucking, come on, every what? time, Are you serious. Why <laughs> can't uh, Julian taking this part? God damn it! Um, before we we rate it, uh. I want to talk about, we briefly talked about the musical number at the end. Um, yeah. But I just want to mention it again because uh, Avery Brooks is just so fucking jazzy and weird. So good. When I originally watched this episode, I was like, I like checked my watch and I was like, is this like a, they spent three minutes just letting him sing this they fucking song. They sang the whole song. <laughs> yeah, and it felt fucking great. And it was super weird for him to do it, but it was awesome. And I was like, yeah. this is... I, I'm, I guess like they paid the rights for it. They're like, uh, yeah. well, let's just do the whole fucking thing. Let's do the whole three and a half minutes. And imagine, like, for me, I was like, this is, I feel like, a little bit of a self-serving thing. Because imagine you're Avery Brooks and you just love jazz, right? Like, he's just the jazziest guy. And you get to fucking sing with James Darren, who was yeah. friends with the Rat Pack. And it was very much like a, hey, do you want to sing with James Darren? And he was like, fucking yeah. Like, what a what a great moment for somebody, just as a person, not even in the show. Apparently, he's only he only sang three other times on DS9, which is wild. Because, like, most of the time... I feel like on a TV show, people are like, hey, I got a race car. I'm going to drive it, right? Like yeah. if, if somebody can do something, you make them do it. As, it's like, oh, Brent Spiner can tap dance? We're going to find a way to use that. <laughs> Let's hit it. You know? or, yeah. yeah. Gates McFadden is a professional dancer. That's going to be in the show somehow. Mm-hmm. But they're like, Avery, um, oh, you're like uh, uh, an expert <laughs> jazz pianist and vocalist. You love baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what? You love baseball. Excuse me? And, and cooking. Excuse me? You love me? baseball and cooking. I'm just imagining what like an like an Avery Brooks created Cisco would be like. With like a fucking full piano in his quarters and he's just constantly just like in his own world playing the piano. Jake can't sleep. Yeah. Dad, I got journalism tomorrow. I told All you right. you should have moved out. <laughs> You're in college now, Jake. You're 21 years old, Jake. Move out. <laughs> my kid, uh, my parents kicked me out at 15. 15? That's when I joined Starfleet. <laughs> or learn how to play the piano or something. <laughs> All right. You guys want to write this? Let's, let's do let's, it. Let's Fantabulous do it. episode. Okay. 
I think we're all going to work really hard to get these scores high. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of bullshit going on. There's going to be a lot of bullshit going on. Uh, dialogue. I'm giving it a five. It's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm giving it a five too. Uh, not even for like the cheesy dialogue, for like the real dialogue, for, like, like the yeah. real scenes <laughs> with Cisco um, and what's her name. Like those are real good scenes totally. outside of the hall or, oh, not outside of the holodeck. We can't include that. Nah. But it should be noted. But it's the worth scene, noting. It should, yeah, it's worth But noting. the scenes inside the holodeck have good dialogue have for good dialogue. a heist movie. Yeah. It takes place in old school Vegas. Like, especially when, uh, not especially, but when Odo and Nog are in the safe. And he's yeah. like, oh, fuck. They should tell me it's safe. And they're just like, come on, man. Like, we got to keep going. She didn't tell me it has an <laughs> auto locking tumbler. Yeah. Which, how does he know <laughs> what the fuck that is? Like, does, he did his research. Yeah, you know, Nog. He's kind of a nerd. You saw. Yeah. You saw the. Uh, right. You saw the montage. Where You're right. While had while just Cisco, a safe door. <laughs> while Cisco was practicing rolling dice, <laughs> he was like learning everything about. <laughs> he, he does like every safe built in between 1950 and 1973. Uh, I I also thought that you know we didn't talk a lot about this very much, but all the Kira scenes uh, with. Uh, with Frankie eyes, and I think that was actually some pretty good stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah, very good. Totally. I'm gonna give it a five as well. It's a banger. Yeah. That's kind of an undis- undisputable five. Mm-hmm. Uh, romance. I guess Odo and and Kira have a, there's a an few okay sweet moments. Amount of romance. It's not the best. Like it's the the romance of like we gotta keep Johnny eyes or Frankie eyes. Frankie eyes. Uh, busy. Uh, busy. But Cassidy has a moment like that too with the security guard where yeah. she flirts with him a yeah. little bit. And then She's does like, the you look like a football player. And then does the joke of immediately leaving. <laughs> I yeah. there's a little bit of Odo and Kira, but every time they like have a moment, my heart melts. Like it just like it takes over everything for me where I'm like, God, they're so sweet. I love them so much. <laughs> so I'm giving it a three point five. It's probably gonna be the one of the lower scores I give. I'm gonna agree. A three five, it, it's there, I, and excels yeah. a little bit. I'm giving it a three. Okay, action. That hoagie. There is the hustle and bustle early in early in the episode. He gets beat up. There, that cheese steak. He gets beat up. But it's an implied one, it's right? Implied action. We don't see it. But the cheese. I do think the cheese steak. Yeah, the cheese steak to the face, man. That's really That's, something. Yeah, it's not. It's not a lot, but it it does a lot with a very little. It's I was unique. gonna give it a four, just because I thought the cheesesteak is funny. Like the uh, physical humor of the cheesesteak in the yeah. face. Like the yeah. cheesesteak itself is worth two points for me, and the <laughs> and, implied action is one. So I'm gonna go with a three. And guys, we've we've never done this before. I've never brought this up before because we haven't had the occasion to. But the choreography in this episode is actually really impressive. Yeah, that all the dancers, all the like the people coming out and everything, the, and then at the end with the singing, we have the little, that's actually to me that's pretty actiony. We have the yeah, we have the little bit of action of Esri uh, running into the guy and dropping all the uh, drinks. I, mean, I feel with, comfortable giving this a three and a half. I'm gonna go with a three and a half actually because the the choreography I think can, can be combined into the action. Darius, what was yours again? A four. Great. Okay. Suspense. 
I didn't find it very suspenseful. I did. I always, there's I, that moment yeah. in a heist movie where you're like, okay, so we know what the plan is. So how is it going to go wrong? I like, I love that part in every heist movie. It's my, it's my favorite. The, we all know how it works. The part uh, where Nog was trying the save. Yeah. There was so many of them mm-hmm. that I was starting to get like anxious watching it because I was like, any modern movie you would get maybe like one, two, and then they get on a third try. But it would they would be building the suspense with the music and everything that's like in the, the frank t- cuts and all that kind of stuff. That's where they'd be building the suspense. But instead of doing that, they had him do it like four or five times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, I that exact same moment, and I might just be a sucker, but like I was, I, it was suspenseful because I was on my seat the whole time of like, and I knew they were going to get it. Like, I knew they were going to get the safe, but I didn't really remember. So it's like, oh, is somebody going to walk in? Like, are they going to get it? Like, and I knew it was going to happen. And I found myself still being like, are they going to get it? And I, I don't know why. So the suspense was high for me, I got to say. So Dylan, what's your score? I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four for suspense. Yeah, I was going to give it a four as well. Uh, I'm going to give it... You guys are going to hate that. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Uh, camp. Five for oh, it's me. A big yeah. high five. It's a five. It's an easy five It's an Camp's so good. Easy five. The, the whole sequence with uh, with Cheech and Odo, where Stretching Cheech is arm. like, show him, show him. And he's like, Hook? <laughs> and he like this. <laughs> They're like, I've been in, I've been hanging around bars for forty, for twenty years. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> so good. I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly. <laughs> Give me a cheesesteak. You do pizza? How about some bread rolls? Anybody hungry? <laughs> Esri comes also, out in her cute little outfit with like five trays of things. <laughs> the cheesesteak scene is so campy. It's so campy. It's so campy. He shoves that cheesesteak in his. All right. Uh, steaks? I mean, Vic Fontaine could die. Could die. <laughs> They'd have to restart their game save. <laughs> Build that friendship again. It's not going to be the They'd same. They'd have to start going yeah, back to ever, Pork's bar. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you, you ever, like, lose a save in a video game and just be like, I just honestly don't feel like doing it again. I just, like, I would bum me out. It w- I think. <laughs> honestly, though, like, I know there's holodeck episodes where it's like, if they don't fix this, the ship's going to blow up. But like, if they don't fix this, they'll lose Vince Fontaine, Vic Fontaine. That was like a, that's a more, that's like a higher stakes for me. Like, I feel that more than in episodes where they're like, if we don't fix this, the ship's going to blow up and everyone's going to die. Like, I feel Vic Fontaine more than that. So like, the stakes for me are very high in this emotionally, just for the characters. And their friend, especially after the whole episode with Nog, where he fucking lives in the holodeck, and Vic Fontaine basically tells him, like, you need to get over your fucking shit, man. (laughs) Like, you can't live in here forever. Like, that's a huge part of it. I still haven't watched it for the third time through, so I completely forgot. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know Nog lost his leg. Oh, it's a big fucking thing. It's a huge... It's And it's a great holodeck episode, too. Like, it's an incredible holodeck episode as well. So emotionally Vic, Vic for me, is kinda like, he's like a ship's counselor who's good at his job. 
I'm not some shading shade. any specific yeah, some characters. Shade being thrown. <laughs> Oof. But yeah, he yeah, it would it would like you said earlier, like Cisco's like I can't like this program cannot I can't it cannot let it mm-hmm. break down because otherwise I'm gonna have to actually get one of those fucking counselors that Starfleet <laughs> keeps trying to get transfer over here. Yeah, I hate those I people. Hate those fucking people. The stakes for the characters. Me watching it didn't feel very much feel the stakes very much, but knowing the stakes for the characters, they did a good job building uh what the the character stakes are. So I think I was gonna give it a four. I'm gonna give it I'm a make, f- oh. mm-hmm. no, go ahead. I'm gonna give Try it a going. four point five because um I should have a lot of attachment to Big Fontaine. Yeah. And I didn't want him to die. I'm gonna give it a two point five because I, of the emotional stakes. I think before we get a a, a rating I don't think the scored as high as we thought it was going to. Well, we- I, obviously I brought it down a bit, but I was really trying to be a little bit Jan, more Yeah, Jan leveled realistic. us out. Jan levels us out. <laughs> Me and you were just like, best episode ever. Bucket five. Well, there, yeah. was, there was, I think, only one, one ranking that we gave a five. Everything else didn't reach a five. And we've given fives for... That's not true. We gave two rankings fives. What? Camp. Dialogue, dialogue and camp. And camp. Okay, okay. I was just and the like rest thinking, of them were high as fuck. Thinking about it, I was just like, <clears throat> we've given fives for way lesser holodeck episodes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's find. I I'm know sorry, but we we have had very we have had knockdown drag out fights over stakes. We it's have. What, we it's have. what brought Take we Me have. Out to the Hollow Suite down. We have. And I understand why you're giving it such a high score here, Dylan, because you don't want to take me out to the Hollow Suite no. this episode. No, this is no, no, no. No, that's not why I'm doing it. I, I legit, no, legitimately, I'm not taking me out to holodecking this. Uh, stakes wise, I do legitimately feel these stakes a lot higher than most things. And I think it's just, it might be a personal emotional attachment, but like, if Vic Fontaine dies or doesn't have his club anymore, it, it, everything's going to go into fucking chaos. The whole fucking it, it, Deep Space Nine is fucked. <laughs> like, and Nog is going to fucking mourn the loss of basically his uncle. Like, his yeah. awesome great uncle <laughs> is going to die. I just, I just thought about this. Because you know how we're like, <laughs> how in this episode... They say, well, Quark basically sees him as competition. Quark, Quark is literally guy. Nog's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like not only a, an economic rival, but also an emotional rival for Quark. Yeah. yeah. Quark is literally like Vic Fontaine is stealing my nephew, essentially. <laughs> and I'm enabling it. Um, uh, anyways, do you want to hear the final computer score? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would. All right, computer, what's the score? Calculating. Four. Four. Just four. Man, yeah, four. Perfect. Uh, Which puts it in the precarious position, like take me out the hollow suite at the the time of five. No! (laughs) See, again, I think this episode is way better than that. I think this episode is like three, two or three. I honestly think this episode is better than than uh than uh our man Bashir. I think you're probably right about that. I think if we were to rewatch our man Bashir and if all of us were equally 
realistic about it, <laughs> it would it would score lower I, than I it think, is now. I think on our Drask system, it is the number one. I think emotionally, where my heart is, you can't is you can't one. watch Our Man Bashir right after this. Like, go watch Our Man Bashir now. I will. When we're done with this, I'm gonna go do it and right. Tell now. me <laughs> that it's better. I've, uh, then this episode okay, might be just better. Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks is the bad guy and being all kooky and fucking wild. I mean, come on. That's yeah. it's so good. It's so good. I have a question. Um, because I again haven't watched it through all the way for my third watch. Um, who's the guy who created this that they just go off screen and talk to? Do we ever see him? Felix? Felix, yeah. I don't remember. Do we ever I see yeah, Felix as a character? Because I, I remember <laughs> Beashir being like, I'm going to go ask Felix. And I'm like, who the fuck's Felix? And then we never see Beashir go ask Felix. <laughs> he's just this guy they talk about. <laughs> I don't remember Felix either, actually. No, he's not an on-screen character. He's just the guy who <laughs> programs Big Fontaine. Um, Wait, so, okay, so they don't, their Barclay is just off-screen. They don't have anyone that, like, fit that role to yeah. program somebody They're, like that. Tom Paris and their Barclay is just off off screen. Which is probably for the best. A- apparently he also <laughs> programmed, according to Memory Alpha, the Julian Bashir secret agent program. Makes sense. So my, my, oh. my concept of this is that in the, in the 24th century, that if you're in Starfleet, you, you can hire like a bespoke hollow suite programmer, you know, like. An auteur. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I can I commission you to like make me like this program? This is embarrassing, but like I'm a secret agent. Felix, you know? <laughs> Felix is is Bashir's guy. Yeah, I feel I'm gonna go like talk to my guy. guy. I'll go talk to my guy. He'll get you something great. <laughs> I feel like it's the equivalent to like uh, like wedding videos for aspiring hollow novelists, where they're like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking commissions right now. And they're like, ooh, man, that's rough. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm taking commissions for fucking hollow sweet stuff. Uh, it's no big deal. But it's like, did he find like, you know, you can find like a way to make that your own. I was like, yeah, I've, I was thinking about like putting a jack in the box in this one, you know, like really fuck with them down the line. And then when they call, be like, sorry, I can't do anything. It's broken. <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought you asked for it to have surprises. Ooh. ooh. Sorry. Sorry, I'm too busy. I'm actually got a real job now. Bye. <laughs> I'm I'm designing hollow doctors. <laughs> designing hollow doctors for the the new uh, flagship enterprise. Sorry. Bye. 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 Okay. So the next episode we're gonna be doing is Devil's Due. Uh, it's season four, episode thirteen of the Next Generation, because that episode will be releasing. On the 23rd of December, it's got a little bit of a, a Christmas theme at the very beginning, and then it doesn't have any more Christmas after that. <laughs> we'll talk about Christmas. Yeah. If you, if you hate Christmas, don't worry. It's not going to be a super Christmassy episode. Yeah. But if you like Christmas, there will be a moment to sate your Christmasiness. Well, thanks for watching Trek to Watching. Thanks for listening to Trek to the Holodeck. And if you're watching on Twitch, thanks for watching Trek to the Holodeck. We- Truly. Uh, would love it if you subscribed to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, hit that subscribe button. Uh, it'll come straight to your inbox, right? When we uh, release a new episode, uh, yeah. make sure you, uh, leave a comment or rate it. If you are so inclined, that helps us follow us on 
Twitch, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, join our Discord where we talk about Star Trek. It's a lot of fun. All those links are on Instagram uh, uh, link tree. So, link tree. Yeah, just find our Instagram and you'll find all of our links. And uh, our computer voice was provided by Verona Blue. Thanks, dude. And our intro and outro music is provided by Bodyline. Uh, they are on Bandcamp, so download and pay for their music there. It's freaking awesome. Uh, and we're using it with the permission of Midwest Collective. And finally. As always. Thank you. Thank you, CBS Thanks. Viacom. Thank, thank you. you Thanks for such thank a great you. episode. Yeah, such thank you. Such a great episode. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> we love it. Thank you. We love you, Viacom CBS. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Fuck you, Viacom CBS. Thank you. Thank you. This is a fan. Oh, I was going to say this is a fan podcast. We're not making Spent virtually every free hour in the hollow suite. And for a while, I almost forgot he was a hologram. That means the holodeck safeties are off. Computer, execute complete shutdown of the holodeck. All holo simulations have been terminated. 